The sewage is piling up. The rats are chewing at my feet, and hell is hot. Oh, the hell is hot. What was that quote you wrote for the live podcast? Hell is hot, and there's something about therms. Like, <laughs> yeah. Did I, I wrote something? Well, you wrote, you made up six Batman quotes, and I think two or three of them were from actual comics, and you made up oh, several other ones. Yeah. And then we had yeah. the game where these guys tried to guess, and they like guessed wrong on every one. <laughs> like, yeah, I then, remember Django was like, Yeah, the thumbs. Yeah, the thumb one was like the most out there thing. And I think they were just like, That could only be like a 70s <laughs> written thing about his thumbs. And I was like, That just sounds like Justin. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> Topic of Terry McGinnis, uh, Batman. Welcome to Batman in Quarantine, episode number seventy. Just the you know the Twilight era, the final yawning moments of a podcast, the the <laughs> aching twilight of of four boys. Uh, welcome to to the episode no, issue number five of Batman Incorporated, Volume Two, Asylum. Chris Burnham, Grant Morrison. Good morning, boys. I'm Jeff. I'm Django. Episode seventy. Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah. I, I'm Roman. Yeah. Episode 70. Holy cow. I, uh, I'm Justin. I forgot to tell you that I've administered us all with Joker laughing gas. Oh, no. And kind of like flowers of Algernon. Like, you know, one day you'll kind of, <laughs> yeah, you'll go back to the state that you were when we finish this run. We'll laugh ourselves into brain damage and we won't remember this run. So that's oh. just kind of, let's bask in this for now. That just means I, we can read it again. I was just sort of thinking <laughs> while reading this, like, I, I don't think that when I'll when I'm done with this, I'll be able to say, okay, bam, this, 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 like, here's the story beats you know like final crisis has this amazing effect that like you're reading it and you're pulling all these strings together to make an ending out of it and then a month later it's all kind of like falling apart and you're like i gotta remember exactly what happened i guess i'll read it again uh i like i like that about final crisis and i'm starting to feel like that might be sort of how i feel about this run as well i feel like the first volume for me is the most monolithic it's ever been like the most coherent concrete like i think that this is what happens and uh as we go on things get more vague two is more vague than i used to think it was than i remembered it being and this is a little more opaque than i remember it being i'm excited to talk to you about some of that opacity in this here issue that we've got because it ties into a crazy the sort of quadrology or there's a there's been like five or six little stories told in this 666 universe at this point this is the third one within morrison's run himself it seems to pick up right where 700 ended which seems to pick up pretty close to where 666 had ended Mm -hmm. um i found a cool article that i'll post in the show notes for this issue that explains the like the canon of this whole 666 universe because there was like a superman batman like 79 one shot that took place in this universe and there's the the kubert miniseries that was in this and then even morrison's dc 1 million which was way before this has like references to to (laughs) it um which is fascinating to me because i want to move here what is into this universe (laughs) buddy it's very (laughs) flaming and hot yeah you you just ever want to just like 
when something happens that's bad, you just want to be like, well, what if it got a little bit worse? You just want to see the total extreme of how bad and depraved things can go just to just to know, just Why to stare into the nails. abyss. Yeah. Well, just, just, <laughs> just be patient, Justin. You know, America's, I know. <laughs> America's headed that way right now. So. In, in my mind, I was like, do I do I tell this joke about my weird fantasies about like seeing how bad a thing can go? Or do I like make a gross parallel to the United States um, in this time? And then I felt like that was too too real and too close to be true. Romans <laughs> drops at least good one on every podcast we've refor- recorded over the last like two weeks. Like one like, yeah, well, America's burning or like maybe Trump's going to be gone. It's like, this is a Batman podcast. <laughs> Why are you talking about the Joker? <laughs> oh, dude, the Joker is way more dignified. I know, I know. <laughs> that turtle hammock. Uh, yeah, we got we got basically the the visual proof of why this future sucks and why it's worth avoiding in this issue even um, if you gotta like brutally chastise your son on the front page on the first page <laughs> is he listen here you dumb little shit trying to save people what do you think you're doing i told you not to be do anything yeah when when jason's the one going hey you know go easy <laughs> yeah you know you're fucking up when jason todd is the one who's encouraging you to show a little warmth so the next issue is the one with the first villain pages justin is that what you said I think okay. so, or it might be this one. I, I read them in two two chunks because uh, our two a number two uh, a chunky number. Two. Oh man, um, I read them in back to back back to back issues because um, I can never get enough. You know, uh, I don't think this one has fill in art. Uh, uh, in this issue, we've got Damian Batman <laughs> rescuing the baby that is Terry McGinnis that at the end of the previous moment in this future had been infected with the Joker serum that's now infecting everyone, but Damian antidoted it. He takes that baby back to the secret base Holy of the crap. good guys, which is Arkham Asylum. And uh, I didn't know that was Terry McGinnis. Wow. I don't know if it's overtly referenced in this story, but it is in 700 which we had like Josh on for and talked about. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, but until I read that, I, I kind of forgot even that moment in 700. Yeah. I was mostly just piecing yeah, this together too. with 666. Whoa, the baby, well, this? Well, yeah. Hmm, hmm. We'll get to it later. Yeah, the baby, they get back. He takes the, the, apes, the, the super violent Planet of the Apes man who scares me a lot. Like he's always like laughing angrily and his nose is always bleeding and you know he's got a taste for human flesh he's got poo on his sheets (laughs) yeah i know i thought that too i was like he's throwing that poo around (laughs) Uh, we find out that that baby according to jack and apes is actually a carrier and it just doesn't show and very you know pertinent to covid times he's a carrier he doesn't show symptoms but it's still spreading it yeah yeah exactly (laughs) still spreading it to everybody and in that moment damien tosses on a mask damien bats and only he and jack and apes and alfred the cat are not infested or infected at this point and the president as the behest of simon hurt nukes the town and um yeah 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 Yeah. we see that yeah i have a favorite part you guys yeah and that's the the part that we'll get to when we go slower through the cryology (laughs) but i uh i waved my hands like jack of apes and that is a hint at my uh my favorite part oh well now i 
Justin, just say it. I got to know now. God, we have to have some kind of sense of suspense. I mean, we are okay. All right, all right. I'll say it. Fucking Doctor Hurt is back. Yeah, I got out of that coffin. He's in there. He's doing the thing, and he's wearing the same. He's got the black glove to tell you that it's him, and then he's wearing the same (laughs) suit that Donald Trump wears. Yeah, yeah. Black suit with red tie. The Antichrist suit. I swear to God. (laughs) Yeah, that that really surprised. I yeah, I got to that panel. I I was like, get the fuck out of town. I had no idea. <laughs> but he's got the one black glove, you know? That's the little like visual nod. Yeah. That's how you know. Get the fuck out of town. Get the yeah. fuck out of town. <laughs> I to- got it. I, I totally forgot that was that was in this issue. Um I've Sorry, been trying it just to gets me horned. for about a week now get Roman no, like a week and a half now to start saying get the fuck out. And uh <laughs> this is the first time he's really dropped it when I wasn't thinking about it at all. So that no, fucking no. rule. Yeah, that was really good. I'm excited to talk to everybody about just what they think this future is. Um, cool. I was so pumped to see the return of Hurt. Uh, that was nearly my favorite part as well. But, you know, you showed a, you got a dead baby with a broken neck in there. That's always going to be the green light says go for a favorite moment in a comic for Jeff. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, comics, court, comics Code Authority... Get the fuck out of town. Dude, that was like a deeply <laughs> fucked up panel. I was like, this oh, is yeah. like Chris Burnham. So it has a levity to it. But at the same time, it's like it should be the darkest Batman panel I've ever seen. And that baby's head Ugh. is I really is didn't heavy. Like it. It's heavy. Like you could feel it flop. Yeah. It's gross. Yeah. I yeah. Didn't, it didn't. Wait, but that that's I could have done without it. So that's dead yeah. Terry McGinnis? That's what I was about to mm-hmm. say. That's the thing that I was like, we'll get there when we get there, other than my favorite oh. part. Because, yeah, this like, story, I mean, this story is, it's so confusing now. Because what was that series last year that, oh, I think it was Bendis, where he tried to, like, show all the future DC timelines in order leading up to his Legion? Legion of Superheroes Millennium, the two issues. Yeah, and they included Batman Beyond in there as one of those stages in the future state huh um so i guess the bat this future damien thing is still an alternate reality yeah but showing that in 700 we see batman beyond but here it is dead baby mcginnis can't become batman beyond but in the timeline of there will always be a batman we see batman beyond either before or after or after this timeline at 700 so this kind of cancel cancels out what he previously established because batman beyond's in a panel kicking a guy um maybe it's just telling us that the timeline is not immutable yeah yeah some bifurcation and of course with whatever they're calling the multiverse universe whatever after omniverse yeah omniverse Omniverse. thank you yeah with the omniverse coming up every all this happened well so i guess like so I, while reading this and then reading the conversations around it and whatnot, I'm trying to piece together like what this is. I have my own like sort of feeling of what this is. Um, so like, so we had 666 and, and the kind of way that that has been talked about is that was a vision that he had. Mm-hmm. And what we've learned like in here is that the reason that he did all of this sort of Batman incorporated thing is to sort of prevent this vision from happening. Um, but like when he like, and then, so gosh, okay. So 
I sort of feel like this is a hallucination possible future. And then when he goes far into the future with the dark side thing and he like sees the future, he sees a thing where he's referring to two gravestones. And what I pulled out this time for me is, is sort of feeling like this is a vision that he's had. And like when Damien says like, but no one knows the future, like he's trying really hard to stop this thing from happening. And it feels like he, that he thinks like the thing that he actually saw in the future of the two gravestones, which um, would spoil a thing that happens briefly in here. But if that thing happened and the two gravestones things happened, this future couldn't have happened. So it's like, this is what he thinks is going to happen, but it's not because he's, but he's actually been to the future and it's not what happens. And on one level, we know it's not what happens, but this is what Batman is afraid is going to happen. So there's been, two visions of the future and this is yeah i i I think that i don't think that this one happens i think that i think that he's worried this one's gonna happen but that's why you know like terry mcginnis could die or these other things could happen is because like you know if if in the probably togol experiment or the mind experiments like this is a vision or a future that he saw we don't we don't ever get specific moments on when he saw this future because 666 just happened and i do think morrison's idea of what all happens with this possible future you know sort of changes or was there a prophecy or a vision or what but um you know my feeling is that batman goes into the future sees the two gravestone prophecy and kind of assumes its connection to this but in reality, that two gravestone prophecy means that this one like couldn't happen. Hmm. Okay. I yeah. Like that. If I like that it. makes sense. Do we know what those gravestones are though? Well, okay. I mean, so like does does Batman know? I, were there names on them? I think that he's worried it's Damien. Okay. Um, and yeah, I don't know if it's like just buried in two parts or Talia or maybe his parents or Alfred or, or whatnot. But I think that that like the gravestone scene happens after some stuff happens in this, like at the beginning of issue one, when he's talking about, Mm -hmm. like, I saw this happening. He's standing there, those two gravestones like that is, you know, as a result of some Damien stuff that happens. So yeah, I'd have to like, I don't remember what the second gravestone is there, but I don't know. I, I like Justin had brought it up last time, the sort of, uh, connection of all of this stuff and yeah it's it's a anyway it's, i i really i really dig it but that that distinction between what he saw in the future mm-hmm. and him thinking that it was this when in reality they preclude one another um i know I, I, I really like that the read that i have is not that that they're like in the way that batman all time travel changes what you do mm-hmm. batman's attempt to stop this is the, the wager that maybe something really bad happens to prevent this and it's worse. But I think that there's been significant hints that Damien is, he can't die because they say that he's, he can't die in six, six, six. They say right, something right. about him being internal and then and there's here, the, right. Right. And the right. Damien pact with hurt. I think that what happens is hurt seeds into Damien. And that's what we're worried about. Like, what's going on here is Damien can't die. He made that demonic pack in Batman and Robin with, you know, we're, but I think that he actually didn't make that pact in that issue. Cause we don't ever see it. And I think the implication here is that 
after his dad dies, he goes and that's when he makes the pact with Hurt. Like Hurt standing on the stairs here. Oh yeah. Is because I think it was said somewhere that after his dad dies, he or after his dad dies, he then makes a pact with the devil to save Gotham. Like after it, yeah. Oh, that's right. And that cover has like impacted my memory of thinking that moment happened in there. But when we were doing that read through, I was looking for it and they, they never actually have a moment alone where they do that. Okay. So he comes back and makes the pack with hurt here. President hurt or president uh, hurt vice president hurt, I guess. (laughs) Um, So he, he makes the pack here. And so Damien is potentially can live forever in this world, in this world. So he's, I think like in this world, he's kind of, the whole he's the whole in all things and he's the hyper adapter and bruce attempting to fix that ends up giving us the timeline that we end up getting which is ends up being that kind of there's a talk of wagers in this a lot as well and i think he's wagering two different futures they're Um, both not good an interesting sort of analysis that i read was that um Damien was the third ghost of Batman all along the ghost of the future because the way that was described originally is the antichrist who made a deal with the devil betrayed the spirit of Batman and became more than a man, the beast. Um, and this is what Bruce that, well, this person said that they think that, yeah, that's, that's the vision that he saw. Um, which I thought was interesting because they say inter- Incidentally, the revelation that the future Damien Bats is the third ghost makes Grant Morrison's decision to let the bat office make Michael Lane, uh, the new Azrael make much more sense in hindsight. He was only ever a cipher in that story, an unwitting party to his own deal with the devil, a sleight of hand for the real son of the demon to hide behind. Did that guy become Azrael? Like, I wasn't ever reading Azrael, but I do remember while this Morrison stuff was happening, a new Azrael came like in a Batman annual or something. Was it Michael Lane? Yeah, it was. He was black and he had a different costume and he was like a crusader and he has the suit of sorrows. And Michael Batman. Lane was the third Batman, the, the, oh, yeah, in the yeah. early, early run. Right. Maybe it's run. him. I, they, they look exactly the same now that I think about it. But I just thought that that interesting comparison of like that guy never did actually make a deal with the devil although he does raise in 666, but in this future, like Damien would be that future Batman who made a deal with the devil and sold his soul to become immortal and everything. Like, anyway, I don't know. It all, it, to me, it seems like kind of Morrison is fitting pieces together and stuff as this is going. And it, it wasn't necessarily the original plan all along. Um, but it's yeah. an interesting, interesting number of like parallel futures and things. Yeah, I, what I was saying about like how this this part becomes more and more opaque for me is like, are we dealing with two different prophecies or are we dealing with one prophecy that gets fucked with throughout time because Batman's doing stuff? And like, is there one prophecy that we just don't get because there's missing pieces like that I don't get, I guess. Or is it two completely separate prophecies? One's the 666 and then one is like what Batman, so... what ends up happening in this run? I wonder, is there a difference between a prophecy and a vision? Because, like, if this was all a vision, I really liked the poignant line of dialogue that Damien has at the end here where he's just like, no one can see the future, which I thought was this awesome concession of, like, Mm -hmm. why are you doing all of this? Like, so you had a vision? Like, you can't... No one can see the future. Like, don't try and tell me this is written. Like, I have to stop doing... like. You starved yourself for 14 days and sat in a dark cave and you believe what the things that you thought... 
Well, he also <laughs> come on, like, Dad, to yeah, the end of the universe and saw everything that ever happens. Right, yep. but be, but the the six 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 isn't that based on Before his call? Yeah, I think the end of the universe thing when he finishes that, the only thing that he says he saw was the two graves, mm-hmm. um, and it's like a a dream that's becoming fur furrier and furrier, like a <laughs> like a fuzzier dog the longer it stays in the costume. Um, yeah, I the. It's, yeah, that that was the the my my interpretation this time through was that the six 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 stuff is a vision that he had, and then when he went forward in time, he you know he saw these two graves and there was like two other words that were brought up, um, and I was feeling like that was a different thing, in in this read. But that's again, I think what is awesome is the it's very opaque, and the more that i'm reading into this this time the more it feels like it's going to be that thing and then like four years i'm going to read it again and be like yeah i don't really remember exactly what happens there and be excited to have a new end meaning there i took this as being a vision which yeah is different than the the two grave prophecy um what's it just seems weird to me to write two competing futures when we're dealing with so much future stuff in general like it seems kind of redundant to have this one vision of a tombstone and then this other vision of this future and have them not have any overlap that seems like a little messy from a writing standpoint to introduce two competing futures with somebody so i'm just trying to figure out like is there a way that they're the one and the same and they're we're just not i think it is kind of messy like yeah yeah it is kind of messy you know um doc walk right i didn't check in with the doc today (laughs) he writes some in his essay on this on this issue um he writes about how uh i think thematically this works because his writing is that while bruce wayne used the bat as a symbol of fear to strike the hearts of his enemies he never gave up his soul in exchange for the sigil um he kept his humanity um damien Damien, or bruce bruce okay damien and making that deal with dr hurt after bruce dies he gives up his humanity so he can uh, the result makes Damien unkillable unless Gotham dies. But in the process, he's lost his humanity and that's why he's not as effective. Um, and then and in that, order to have actual revenge, hurt destroys Gotham. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like the only way to kill Damien is to, yeah, yeah, to nuke a city. And I think, and I think walk doc walk at the bottom here, the end of his essay, he talks about how, um, the idea that Damien becomes Robin and then Batman was all part of Talia's plan is an interesting twist, but it also suggests that Bruce refuses to take responsibility for his actions. By suggesting that Talia planned these events, Bruce won't admit to being a cause in the war between Batman Incorporated and Leviathan when he denied Talia. He also continues to make excuses for Damien's actions. Um, for instance, Damien selling his soul to the devil is an act of Damien's free will, not Talia's plan. Um, so he concludes that the whole point of all this kind of is that uh, Bruce, Bruce is a father that loves his son and believes that he can do no wrong. Um, while this makes this may make him a parent who is blind to his son's faults, it also shows Bruce's unconditional love for his child. So I think in that way, it kind of fits Morrison's overall reason for Damien being around. I guess I, yeah, and I'm thinking of it all as just like highlighting the fallibility of Batman's certainty, which is yeah. that like he had this vision. He also had this like separate vision, but I think that he he's kind of like tying them together and assuming that 
Um, and he, you know, having, having actually gone to the future, he's misinterpreting what he saw to be aligned with this vision that he had sort of forcing this agenda when in reality, you know, I, I really like, it kind of plays into that almost the insanity of Batman, which is like, so you had a vision in a, maybe a moment of starvation or maybe in like yeah, an isolation experiment. Feel and, like bat guano inhalation. <laughs> yeah. And, and you're, you're certain of it, which, you know. Yeah. I just I love that <laughs> shot of Damien saying that like nobody knows the future father, which is this moment of like more wisdom coming from Damien than I was reading of like Bruce. Yeah, I love that line too. I mean that that pretty much succinctly just sums up uh Doc Walk's whole write-up. <laughs> I reject the fallibility of certainty. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I think that's why this run is consistently so good, is that there is no right answer to that. And it, like the fact that sev- you know, like several people who love it can talk about it and be like, "What is this?" Is I don't know. That's my my favorite type of stuff. You think Morrison knows? I think you, I th- I think Morrison lays breadcrumbs and constructs things and builds stuff and allows himself to make connections later on with the breadcrumbs he's made. And I think you know, if he's who I hope or who I would love him to be, he just like kind of makes his own meaning of the breadcrumbs he's laid and supports other people connecting those same lines in a different way. Like, I, I don't actually think there's a specific like right answer to a lot of stuff with him. Yeah, I agree. How, how good is this double page Gotham on fire? Yeah, dude. Drawing. Holy shit. Yeah. Like that place is fucked. I was just trying to think of like, is it like <laughs> hell, like perpetually on fire? Or do we think this fire is the result of something specific? And I love that panel too. I love seeing that. Cause maybe this is the first time we've seen that somehow Arkham Asylum has, it's like Alcatraz out there in the Bay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that idea. <laughs> yeah. I got excited to just say that to like Justin. I'm just like, isn't it such a Morrison, like basic thing for him to be there and be like, what if Arkham becomes the last <laughs> refuge for everyone in Gotham and Gotham is the Arkham and Arkham has become the walled city of Jericho where the people are saying, like it just, it almost like ties, yeah, the, a serious place on serious earth or whatever. For sure. Mm. They say something about like them being the crazies now, like Gotham is, you know, like their citizens are the crazy ones. Yeah, I forget what illusion they make, but like it seems almost no, yeah, poetic and perfect that now the last remaining surviving people have to live inside the old insane asylum as the city. You know, I don't know what's causing it to just be on that level of fire, um, but apparently shit's going down. I guess the Joker gas is getting everywhere that virus, and so people are just lighting shit on. You know, it's just uh, like pure chaos because yeah, it sounds like everyone's the Joker at this point seems like it which we got to make sure it's not getting out of uh getting out of gotham like right. nuke the city but yeah like what a perfect excuse for hurt to have though like look this you know he kind of it sounds like maybe he had a hand to play in the joker virus getting everywhere maybe uh, a black hand to play. Oh, a black hand to play, a black so, to play. he's like of course president you have to nuke it it's for the safety of humanity dude i didn't see that he's wearing the black glove in that one panel which while reading this i was like gosh like that it is burnham taking over the art chores here so like it's almost a little vague like it could look like bruce or like how do we know but yeah you're right the the black glove like definitely gives it away there when he's touching the president i love the like just tracking batman's battle damage on 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 the 
page after we see the fire and he crashes the robot into the bridge and he crashes and then slides along the pavement and that's where he gets his shoulder wound that they're dressing later on just like like burnham not fucking around with how how batman's battle scars are happening as we're watching you know yeah 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 those details action sequences that whole sequence is great and i love the fact that they use the the fire engine the ladder extension in order to pass the impassable bridge yeah yeah i know that damien's like a soulless batman who kills but i also kind of feel for him in this situation like he's definitely got the hardest gotham to control yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) like he may be an asshole who kills people but like man gotham is royally fucked in the this is worse than no man's land yeah yeah well there's more fire at least (laughs) um the man the 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 shot of damien like kind of crying over batman's dead body there before he goes to make the deal with hurt i i was like that's an interesting like shot and what exactly killed batman in that shot but then online i saw a a page by panel by panel um comparison of in 666 that same shot is shown drawn by kubert and i had forgotten that so it's like down to just the exact positioning of the body and where blood is coming out of the body like the left side of the ribs is where he's bleeding out like it's there's a lot like but who kills batman in that in that future yeah yeah that's a great question i don't know if that's ever resolved and did they pose him like the hanged man or is that just a coincidence i wish i had uh read this before well no i had read it before i wish i had remembered this when i named my cat because alfred the cat is a great is mm-hmm. a great thing so since oh. that cat's still alive this this vision this vision isn't that far in the future if if it ever came true when was where did the cat come from uh didn't it show up in the the issue before the issue before that it was recently like in this collection it's i think the, the next cat first shows up oh it's in the next issue oh it's in the next that's issue? awesome it's okay. it's always it's always only 5 years from now when they yeah, <laughs> yeah new 52 logic <laughs> <laughs> or 5 years ago yeah yeah <laughs> Dude, the, yeah. on that double page spread, I didn't notice. There's a bunch of like adults or kids on a rock, like throwing rocks into the water at Gotham. It's just like a weird oh, yeah. Lord of the Flies looking shot. Justin, yeah. you're about to say something. Sorry. Oh, I just really want to. Like, I'm really curious about this future and why it's so relevant because the way that this story ends and what happens is such a departure from this. I really like want to know, yeah, is this just like a, a dream state that Batman continues to have? You know, like I want to know what kind of impact does this, does this future never happen after this run is over? There's, there's like a deep continuity for it that I'll post in the, the show notes of this, but like other writers have returned to this world as well. Um, and there's like a lot of, and like Morrison has mentioned it even before this happened, like in his 1 million stuff. But um, in terms of, I think like Morrison after the fact handling and, and, and it sort of, if you kind of view it in a vacuum of just what Morrison has done with it, I, I think that like, it is yeah just this sort of right. fever dream Potential. fear. Yeah. That he's like, right. I, that's the thing that I can't let happen. Justin, that feeling that you're having right now is a feeling that I can't deal with. And that is what makes me mad when I encounter it with a Morrison story. 
Yeah, like, I guess like not not having any idea if this is real or if this matters. Like that's that's the thing that that turns me off from a story is if there's an unanswerable question like that. Um, yeah, for me, it's just like I've read this and it's made the run make more sense thinking that it's all one future mm-hmm. and that the the events that happen in this are the things like that domino into this future and we're waging between stopping it or, or this happening. And the fact that there's like Jeff bringing up, it makes a good case that there's two separate, there's potential for two separate things to be going on. Like the gravestone is another vision and not this. And then this one like makes the whole run make less sense to me. And I feel like, I almost feel like it's a patch. Like, he was like, okay, how do we tie this back into what's going on in Batman Inc.? And the, the patch didn't quite overlay. Like, I feel like now we're, we are dealing with two different scenarios where maybe it was once conceived of as one, but now that we go into the Batman Inc. stuff, he had to like tie this stuff back in. I can I, see that. I yeah. almost feel like the patch didn't quite overlay very well. And so now I'm like trying to, I just really like offset like what do I think is going on right now? The center cannot hold. Right. What, what is Batman ultimately concerned about at this point? Well, I think that like in my read is just that this future is a vision he had. And then actually having gone to the end of time, he got a very vague looking through a clouded window at an, at the actual future. And because of how like clear, you know, like faded it was, he kind of was concerned it was still going to happen well um, like oh this is the thing i've been worrying about yeah but in reality um it actually like i you know i think kind of says that it doesn't happen right because if there's a gravestone and damien is dead then he couldn't grow up to become this this thing but um it's like i had this vision of this horrible world and then i go to the you know the future and see this thing and it's like yeah bad stuff happens i have to like or maybe it's that he's like either Damien doesn't die and grows up to become this horrible Batman or he does die. And either one of these are terrible options. Well, that's kind of need to, I don't, I don't think that the future vision, like, you know, it reaffirms this thing, like this, this version is, is, but I think that it still strengthens his argument that like Damien can't be Batman. See, like my reading was like, it isn't him looking through a glass, a scanner or a glass darkly. Like he sees this and it affirms this future. And so the whole thing, the reason why this like war between him and Talia is so significant is like, do I let my kid die to stop the ultimate end of the world? Or do I let him survive and have this end up happening? Like, do I choose my kid's life now for the end of Gotham and watching him become kind of the thing that I've been trying to prevent him from becoming. And that's kind of what Talia is playing with. Or is Batman trying to find the middle road? Like, how do so, I save my kid and prevent 666 world from happening? Is what I thought the I, initial I think drama both, was. I, I think both of those are what's happening. So maybe yeah. he didn't see two gravestones side by side. Maybe he saw a gravestone down this path and a gravestone down that path. Yeah, okay. it's a... Yeah, that, I like that read a lot, too, because I just I feel like that's why Talia is what she's trying to do is she's using this chess piece like Batman. Do you want to win or do you want your kid to survive? Like what what do you mm-hmm. find more important? And that's why the constant chess game of like, well, now you can have Damien. Well, no, no, you can have Damien. I felt like that was 
a central part was the wager between the two. And so it's your yeah. weekend. Yeah. I think yeah. <laughs> all, all of that is, is what I'm, yeah, I totally agree with all of that. I just think that the, the future vision he has is a different future that couldn't be this one. And I think that in doing so it's saying like two roads and he's preventing both of them by giving Damien back. I think that like, right. And then when you had like last episode kind of brought that to the table and, and, and said that like all of this is an attempt to prevent that future. You know, I think that is absolutely true. I just don't think that the vision that he had at the end of time strengthened the, the argument that 666 is happening. I think that it's an alternative that is also still shitty. So he's like, if Damien either becomes Batman or stays around, it's bad. I have to get rid of him. Right. I, uh, and then I wonder like, is that vision something that hurt put in Batman's head when he was fucking around in the guts of Batman's head? Like, is that what did it is like hurt has this long game. He's like, if I put this paranoid vision in in Batman, I can eventually win when I become vice president. (laughs) And, and I think where the kind of messiness comes in is that six, six, six originally happened just as a sort of like, Oh, it's six, six, six. I should do like a, an issue like this. And it wasn't really ever said when that vision happens. Like it doesn't mention if it's in the Thogol ritual when he's in the cave. It doesn't mention if it's in the isolation experiment. As far as I know, it's, it's just a vision. So I think that he's kind of tried, he's decided to make that a thing that happened at some point without specifically telling us when. Yeah. When I read six, six, six in the other run, I was just like, Oh, this is what happens in this future. Like this is just an objective thing. And now I did it too trying to be like, okay, so this was more of a mental psychic thing that's going on and not like, this is just future. Like I thought like we physically jumped, you know, 30 years into the future when this shit happened. And now it seems like that's actually not what's going on. And so I'm just like, where, where's the the fault line? Like where, where does this reality overlap with this fucked up, horrible reality? Cause now hurts here too. Right. Which you you, know, and it wasn't in that original thing. It was just a, professor pig that doesn't doesn't look like the professor pig that ultimately happened right and i think professor pig is alluding to hurt being around which makes sense that now he's around but i yeah i just it feels almost like morrison had an idea with this future and then he had batman inc and now he's like uh, smashing the two together and i'm trying to figure out what's batman inc and what's his like kind of vision he set up initially and i think yeah, I totally agree. That's why like, I was reading this issue. I was like, Batman Inc. Like really, I think in a different world could be a separate run. I do yeah. like that, you know, ultimately, you know, th- that that future, this horrible hell future is what Batman saw in all his efforts with Batman Inc. were to save the, were not to save the world, but to save his son. You know, like that, he, I do think that that is tied in well, you know, like why is oh, he sure. this global force? Oh, it's all been about Damien, which is, you know, what I didn't realize that you had brought to the table last time, um, like the actual causality of, of Batman Incorporated. But I do feel like it's kind of an addendum or like it was, you know, the story decided to be continued and he, you know, blurred some lines to make it work. And I don't have any problem with that. Also, that was just the, what I pulled out of it this time. I don't no, know. And I'm just like that. It's like correct. And I didn't read anywhere. Like a bunch of people being like, Oh, this is clearly the thing. That was just this, the, what I was able to pull out of trying to, do that same thing of like, how do we sew this together? I guess my larger question is like, are we more worried about Talia? Or are we more worried about Hurt? Like who is the ultimate villain here? Cause I felt like Hurt was take, taken off the board and then it's Talia, but now it's Hurt again. And you know, you're right. 
like who who are we more threatened by and clearly talia is doing some serious shit now but then we see you know the old black glove getting those nuclear codes but it's only in the vision that was started during the hurt storyline before hurt was taken out of oh i guess that's true because to justin's point there's no trace of talia at all in this but if we're still viewing this as the second half which i think it is like you know, Damien's like, why do I have to go back? And it's like, well, let me tell you, pup, about the second half of the vision I had. <laughs> I had a bat dream. Um, <laughs> a very bat dream. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I bet at some point Morrison was like, okay, yeah, the second half of that vision or the second half of that world is all this stuff that justifies this story and I'll drop it now. But I do think that, like, during RIP or something, you know, this half of this story, in my mind, d- doesn't really exist or there's no seeds to make me think that that it was going to bloom into what incorporated became. Right. I almost feel like this is the, the ending to like Batman RIP, but it almost feels like ink is a separate thing. Yeah. Now they're, yeah. Now they're struggling to touch bases. Yeah. I, I, I think that that's the bones of it as well, but it's all wild and fun and awesome. And I, I, this future really bothers me and scares me, but I have a sick fascination with it. Just like Gotham is so fucked up and to extend it to its fullest extent would be something like this, like, you know, nuclear Holocaust and Joker virus is actually breaking out. Like I have some kind of sick fascination with like, man, this is Gotham at its full. Like this is what Gotham really looks like when you bring it to its ultimate extreme. And, it's fucked up, but I, for some reason, I've always liked this universe. This issue makes me want to see Chris Burnham draw uh, an arc on Crossed. Yeah, <laughs> like, that, these zombie people are amazing. There was a different shot that overtly reminded me of Crossed in here. Although I guess now that looking through it, there's a lot of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, the shot when they're they're rushing around and they've they're hoisting up Barbara's wheelchair and the remains of her jacket. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It really reminds me of 28 Days Later as well. Yeah. Yeah. Fast zombies. You know Fast what I just... zombies <sighs> and poor struggles to, like, control it. And it never seems to work, you know? Mm-hmm. There's something that made me laugh that I just noticed now. When uh, the, infect, in, the infected everybody gets to Arkham and, and they're attacking and Batman and his, his people burst out to attack them what's his name the flamingo at the end he's whipped out somebody's eyeball and it's flying off the end of his whip and i (laughs) (laughs) i just saw that on the topic of other comical uh things hidden in the background when damien is like getting dressed in that doctor's office he's putting that shirt on well first the cats are amazing but and the doctor (laughs) is just dirty as shit which is gross but on the shot where he's like putting the mask on and adjusting it Barbara is smoking and there's the doctor and his hand looks like it's fucked up. And I was like, that's a bad hand drawing. But now I realize that he's trying to fan the smoke away from him (laughs) in this doctor's office where she's smoking cigarettes. And that is also very good. What a horrible fate for Barbara. Yeah. He just becomes like a jaded chain smoking, like doesn't want to be her father is now her father crippled Barbara Gordon, who eventually ends up doing some horribly poor Barbara's like this, the fucking golden sweetheart of the Batman family. You know, she's like the pure of heart person. And now she's just like, just as bad as everyone else. Yeah. And actually, Justin, what you're just saying that, and I just realized, yeah, when she pulls the gun on Batman and shoots him, it's like, Oh gosh, Morrison just kind of 
reversed what happened to her in killing joe mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. made her the joker literally <laughs> on the page before that she's yeah. even saying smile right like the cover of the oh, killing right and her gun looks like a tommy gun yeah um dude jeff this is like the future that they saw in dbz that they tried to prevent the androids their, yeah their actions yeah. ended up creating cell and not the androids oh so they, god goku dies and they're like well fuck the androids are the worst thing but then goku surviving allowed cell to come around that's a very, very similar well thing. done time travel it's like my like, favorite it's very good saga maybe DBZ. maybe we'll do an episode by episode <laughs> dragon ball z's cell saga yeah what uh what can you guys tell me about the panel with flamingo's eyeball where damien is saying mother of the beast i should have known it was you it was you oh i guess that's the talia mother reference. that's talia yeah. right yeah that and the end when batman's telling damien about the about the vision right that so also, is, that's my confusion is is hurt manipulating talia to get his agenda or is Italia allowing hurt to get his agenda to the, defeat batman but we're also seem to be seem to be this issue we're we're seeing this vision from bruce's perspective he's the one telling it to damien and it makes me wonder because i'm disappointed in, in bruce at the end of this issue mm -hmm. i'm also wondering bruce are you just like fitting together these things to blame it all on talia because yeah you can't know the future so you saw a vision big deal we all we <laughs> but i mean you can't know these for sure that these decisions and you should like give up your son to his, you know, evil assassin mother that, you know, grows body parts off him and stuff. He only exists to be body parts for his, his grandpa. I mean, it, I, it, I it assume that Bruce actually saw the future and Damien just being a kid, like, you can't see the future. because See, I kind of feel like Bruce is an unreliable narrator here. That's um, my read. Yeah. I just felt like he went to the end of time and kind of achieved this bat apotheosis. And when he comes he, back... But he, he didn't see about this. Not, he didn't see this and he talks about not being able to remember it. Like he's like, right, I just true. can't remember it. I just have this foggy vision of two gravestones and like um the the panel where right before the bomb when he says mother, that made me think of the Dark Knight Returns, um, where Superman is recharging his batteries using the sun from the from the sunflower on planet Earth, and he's he's calling out to mother. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if that's an on-purpose reference, but it that, that was the first thing I thought of when I got to it. Yeah. Hasn't Gotham also been nuked in various stories? I mean, that's happened more than once, hasn't it? I mean, yeah. Justin, Holy cow. In thinking about, like, either Dr. Hurt or Talia in there, I, I guess I was thinking, like, could it be just, like, the, he makes the deal with the devil of, like, unless Gotham is blown up, you can't die? Is it just kind of like monkey's paw or like the idea of the devil that he'd be like any deal he makes, he kind of then tries to make the shitty thing happen, which is like, I'll give you everlasting life, but then I'm also going to go blow up Gotham so I can kill you. Like, I, I mean, not that that's at all right, but I was just sort of his role there. I just was sort of thinking of like just that like cosmic monkey's paw type thing. For sure. Jack and ape's paw. Oh, <laughs> the the trickster role where, yeah, the devil always revokes the gifts he gives you or makes you pay for the gifts he gives you yeah i feel like he in the big cosmic sense like he purposely wanted damien to become immortal I, i'm not sure why he offered damien immortality 
but it almost feels like it's a justification to nuke Gotham. Like that's his ultimate end goal is to defeat Batman in the worst possible way I by destroying the memory of Batman in general, like yeah. wiping the bat off the earth. Yeah. And so the and, way to do that was in some cosmic way to let Damien become immortal. So this would happen so he could bring the virus. So he had a justification to blow up Gotham. Right. You know? I like that. Yeah. Cause it's not, cause Damien's not truly immortal. He's only could keep on living as long as Gotham is living. I think so. I think he's just, uh, but I also think that it kind of just speaks to like fatherhood, right. Or like being a yeah. parent, right. Rationale goes out the window when you have this, this child that you're now ultimately more concerned about surviving than anything else. Right. Yeah. And, and I, and I really like that, but, but that's also part of the reason I'm disappointed in Batman at the end of this issue and Bruce, because, and, and he doesn't necessarily say that Damien, well, I guess he said it last issue that Damien has to go back to his mother, but if he's so concerned about his kid, well, okay, you can't be Robin. You can never be Batman. Well, let him be Redbird and stay with you. <laughs> I mean, I keep on thinking, you know, you're Batman. You, you, damn it. I want to see you be Batman and be like, no, I'm going to, I'm the most willful person in the DC universe. I'm going to make none of those prophecies happen and keep my kid. I think he's just worried. Like the more I keep him in combat, the more like sick and fucked up he's going to become the more violent. Cause he has a, a penchant for violence, you know, more every time, the longer he's out in combat, the more likely he's going to kill somebody. And that's, you know, we're worried about Damien being. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure Bruce, Bruce, like the reader, you know, sees the similarities between Damien and, and Jason when Jason first was Robin. Yeah. And Damien was literally like modified in a lab to be, a murderer yeah you know? that's true it's programmed into him yeah genetically modified uh i don't know you guys Murder uh thing. i didn't i didn't catch this on my first read through but the little heads on the explosion page are duplicated as skulls below so cool. except for hurt yeah like he's the demo he's enjoying well he's just not there he's enjoying all this all this death and murder yeah, that's what happens when you eat hyper adapter blood with mm -hmm. you know Thomas Jefferson underneath a building in the past. <laughs> and I just noticed I like the fact that the uh, one of the mutants when it shows his skull below, it's still mm -hmm. got the visor on it. Yeah, <laughs> that was how I knew that the that the rest of them were <laughs> the same people. <laughs> Did we get a reference to the name of the president? Ooh, I don't. Think Is it so. also a Jefferson? That would be rad. I just I was referencing the Peter Milligan story where that right. moment, yeah. But well, I think it... actually in that story, didn't Jefferson bail? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then in this one, we don't even we never even see this president's face. He's always got his face. He his just hand, his hands covered. Like, yeah, he's just beat. Fuck. What should I do? What should I do? Well, here's yeah, your... there's, yeah, there's only two panels with that president. Your big, tall, spooky advisor who always only wears one black glove. Yeah, oh, gosh, you've got to get a second glove. Yeah, his, his, it's Michael Jackson. What? I think it's Skywalker cosplay. It's that uh, Spinal Tap album. Um, yeah. Left hand of darkness. Oh, and then there's the actual last page of the issue. I always forget about that last page. The Caliuga. Yeah, I got to yeah. get a necklace like that. Great destroyer. Yeah. Yeah, that's Whoa, a great necklace, dude. What? Huh? Where's my Where's my skull gonna be on your necklace? 
I don't feel like Cooper you're my El Gaucho. Django. It's got Batman skulls on it. All right. It's not all about you all the time. <laughs> you're gonna grow, yeah, but you would be El Gaucho. But I would definitely add you as the first skull to my necklace for sure. <laughs> um, well, I don't know. Should we check and see if there's any mail for anybody? I don't. I mean, God. Mail's here. Mail's here. Mail's here. Checking it out. Do we think all Man, those people are dead? That's a clues reference. Yep, they're all dead. Well, yeah. Batman's skull is there, isn't it? Okay. Oh, wait, a guy in a bat costume with them. I, I got I got one thing here. Yeah. One of the guys says pine flooring too. I saw that too. Why? Why does that matter? Why like that's why is that called out? Gotta mean something. You know, I would I wonder if because right before that they're talking about they're at a dropout drop in homeless shelter on Crime Alley. Mm-hmm. So would pine flooring be like too nice of flooring? For such a place, so that makes Batwing suspicious. Maybe. I mean, is pine flooring an expensive thing? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It just it, it <laughs> seemed it seemed kind of out of place to me. Hmm. Yeah, you're right. I haven't. It's it's a Wayne-owned building, so he would put money into it. Done any like theory deep dive, but I've got myself so confused that I feel like I need to like Reddit myself out of it. Like go read what people think about what's going on because I don't think anything is like wrong. I, I I think I think it's almost the confusion in the writing. Like we had this vision that's introduced before him going to the end of time. And then he goes to the end of time. And I almost feel like from a story perspective, if this vision hadn't happened until then, this could have been that vision. But right. from time and place you know, either the same vision or a different vision that essentially does the same thing, which says, well, in this other reality, or if it's the same one, but I've gone to the end of time and seen that you staying around is bad. So we got to get you out of here. Like, it, if anything, I feel like it's kind of taking this one shot idea of 666, which my feeling is the same of just like, this is them going to the future um, from that moment. And he's kind of taking that story that he did and and making that mechanically be the thing that you know, like i i still think it's all like bruce bruce being afraid of a future and then seeing some reason to believe that it actually has credibility is you know it's it's all bruce sort of running away from a possible future but and and a vision doesn't have to end up being true and also this is after the new 52. So right. like continuity is already out the fucking window. So having like having his vision match up with the, the reality and, and having it internally consistent is like, that's an ask, but I don't know if that's a realistic thing. And it's even possible that this is his comment. Like this is, this is Grant Morrison's comment on I just have to believe we're still in the palm of his hand. Like, I have to believe that Morrison is capable of pulling this off in a way that's completely coherent and has been there from the beginning. I think the further we go, the less it feels that way. But also, like, he has this vision of, like, hell future. And then he goes to the future and has this cloudy vision of two gravestones. And then this series starts with Batman standing at two gravestones with Alfred. Right. So my feeling is just like he saw the future. He saw that moment. He saw him with two gravestones standing there. Um, like, and that somehow reaffirms his whatever else is going on in his head about this right. confirmation bias. Yeah, yeah. Like I saw this hell world. And then I also saw the end of time. And, and, that, and I guess that seems supported in my mind because of the way that it's told of like 
the first scene of the second volume of Batman Incorporated is that scene. And right. then we go back in time. It kind of follows that I've seen this and now I have to go forward to it, whether I was at the end of time or whether I was reading. It just like paints Bruce as an unreliable narrator of the story. And I just, I haven't picked up on that at all. I felt like Bruce has been in control in so much as he can be throughout this whole story. Like he was able to pull himself through his own life and ancestors. You know, he was able to pull himself out of all these psychic realities with Zirinar. Like he's felt like someone who, even though he's done crazy things, he's had this kind of like meta control. He's able to always get, you know, he's the escape artist who always gets out. And so for him to, in this third volume kind of we're questioning his sanity. I, I haven't picked up on that. Like, so I'm just curious as to like, is he actually an unreliable narrator? Should we not be trusting Bruce? I think he's putting a lot of weight into a vision, like a dream. And that's not necessarily reality. Yeah. You yeah. Know, so he's, he's saying that he believes that this is going to happen. Um, but that doesn't make him crazy. It just means that he's, he's putting his belief in something that isn't necessarily true. Like when was the last time you saw a prophecy in any story pan out as simply as he as abc it's always like a b oh but the king is actually the pauper right his last name is king roman what were you just saying um i was just gonna agree with Django. yeah i don't see bruce's i don't question his sanity or anything i think he's he's just after all the stuff he's been through and now he's being a dad and i think in in like a literal way that he's never done before, even with Dick, and and maybe that's clouding his judgment a little bit about this about this vision, because right. yeah, it doesn't seem very Batman like to have a vision, a dream, basically, and put so much stock in it, right. unquestionably. <laughs> yeah, I just think it's weird that in the middle of all of this, Nightwing would have decided to change the bird on his chest to red instead of blue, right? Doesn't seem like Dick at all. It doesn't seem like Dick at all, right? Like, okay, we're going to go take down this building with the secret... Maybe he saw saw Jason as... as, um, The Blue Hood? As whoever. He's imitating a night bird or whatever. Yeah, dark guy. Dark... No, yeah, what was his name? Good Lord. Wingman. Wingman. <laughs> Maybe he sees Jason's as, as Wingman. He's like, oh man, he's got a big blue on, bird on his chest. I'm going to change mine to red. Or maybe he's like, we're taking down all the assassins now. So I got to go from blue guy yeah, to bad red boy costume. Yeah. They all turned red. Yeah, that was a new 52 thing, you know? Yeah, right? Like Red like, Hood, Red Robin, Red Nightwing. Well, just that red costume wing. changed just mm-hmm. because of like new 52. Like we need a new Nightwing costume. Yeah, but we got four Robins, and they're all red. Red something True. in this True. issue. Yeah, I wonder if when they designed the new costumes for the new 52, they were like, well, everyone else went red. Should we just put them red? Yeah. 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 It, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. They were all Which, Robins, and Robins are red-breasted. So. Well, oh. talk about. And on that note, everybody... Listen, this was 70. I don't feel like we're any further ahead than when we started the whole thing. <laughs> Let's continue down this smoky, fiery, hazy maze uh, next mu- next Thursday, episode 71. I'm going to post the 666 continuity thing in the show notes for today is just because I thought somebody had did a really fantastic job of combining all the different stories that have referenced um, Batman in that leather coat. I love that coat. <laughs> love that coat. 
Um, Though it's a mean guy coat. It's a mean guy coat. Um, All right, everybody. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Uh, Join the Facebook group, Batman in Quarantine. Send us an email at batmanandquarantine at gmail.com. And I'm very excited next week to begin our discussion of the fill-in art that happened in this issue till the end. And we'll just continue the sort of yawning maw of this this podcast as it descends into the twilight. Um, Thanks for listening, everybody. I'm Jeff. I am the center that cannot hold. Oh. Uh, I'm I'm Roman. Hey.